Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the commodities market by Jason Durden, our Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management. And Jason, you know, even since we last spoke, the prices have been up again in coal, gas, oil, carbon. But let's start with oil. Record prices, or at least in recent terms, a return to high prices in the oil market too, I gather. So what's been happening there? Yeah, hello, Jeremy. Um Yes, oil. I mean, it's been a bit of a Cinderella compared to what's been going on in uh, European and global gas and power markets of late. But um, I think it's worth uh, noting because it's the, uh, the the major energy benchmark effectively. And three-year highs on Brent now trading uh, this morning above $80 for the first time in, as I said, three years. Just some, I think, uh, some issues there around, uh, obviously, the market is particularly sensitive to American data and American demand. The hurricane seasons had uh, quite an extensive impact in uh, the Gulf of Mexico and production is, um, you know, some production is forecast to be slower back to the market. That has sort of um, pushed the market into bigger drawdowns of stock in the U.S., We look a little bit wider. We've obviously had uh, an announcement, still no detail, but we've had an announcement from the US government that they're going to be opening up the skies to transatlantic travel again, and well, trans-Pacific travel again as well. So that's got a demand impact, specifically for jet, but obviously uh, going back to crude. So we've also got, we've had Goldman Sachs really quite bullish on uh, oil for a little while. They like to put statements out into the market when they have something to say. They issued a note overnight and it's kind of really interesting to oil. So a couple of things going on. One, they increased their forecast for Brent crude for the fourth quarter of the year to $90. And secondly, they're actually sort of saying that this has, you know, a a profound impact effects as as those of us in energy know that uh, you know what's happening in energy will permeate down to just about everything they reckon approaching half of china's industrial activity has been impacted by their energy problems and their um, energy sort of lack of energy and lack of generation capacity which has been bubbling under all summer droughts and uh, just the general availability of renewables and uh, fossil fuels causing all sorts of problems there to the point where they've taken nearly half of uh, uh, one percentage point out of their uh, Chinese growth forecast for uh, this year, which, you know, is significant because, I mean, if that sort of comes to bear, then we're kind of seeing energy prices will actually are in high probability going to start causing recessionary factors in global markets. Well, that is an alarming thought from a certain perspective, but perhaps it's an inevitable one if if growth is getting out of hand as it were, maybe there's going to have to be some correction there. And let's hope if there is that it's not too uncomfortable. But turning now to semi-artificial commodity carbon, at least one that's created through regulation, and the carbon markets have seen, you know, we've seen record prices both in the UK and in the EU systems. There had been an expectation that those two prices would probably mirror one another, but there's a big spread opening up now, isn't there? And what's your explanation for that? Well, we saw when UK Carbon was launched in the summer, we saw a, a relative premium to the EU, which narrowed as sort of the market developed and uh, became a little bit more mature. I mean, it is quite uh, relatively illiquid, of course, uh, compared to the, the European one. But 
Over the last few sessions, we've seen a massive spread open up to the point where it's uh, approaching 20 euros. I mean, we've got a UK certificate price of 75 pounds uh, per tonne against 64 euros a tonne in Europe. I suspect there is an element of um, end users coming to uh, the Q4 and having to move in and, and buy in a in a very nervous and Ill- illiquid market. And there's also obviously the price shocks in UK and European gas and power specific to the UK that have been driving some incredibly high prices there that will obviously drag carbon, specifically UK carbon, higher. But looks a little bit untenable to me. It either looks as if uh, the UK will correct back down at some point or we, we're going to see another move up from EUAs. Well, of course, the latter is equally possible. And although, in theory, the European Commission might move to increase availability of allowances if pricing becomes an issue, it seems rather unlikely they'd be doing that in a run-up to the COP26 climate talks and and for for other reasons to do with their 55 package. They're not going to be inclined to make sure there's a surplus of carbon permits for the foreseeable future, I would have thought. But, of course, as you say, this has an impact on the UK power market, very, very high prices there at the moment, aren't there? And there's no ability left to switch any further away from gas to coal because the coal power stations have largely gone with a couple of exceptions. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, you know, the the UK is suffering from uh, an exorbitantly high gas price, very strong carbon price, low uh, wind, although it has to be said better over the last week or two as we move into autumnal conditions and relative lack of underperformance and maintenance on the nuclear fleet, which is just perhaps a sign of things to come when we reliant on largely imported gas that we're unable to secure. Well, indeed, nobody likes people who say, I told you so, but as someone who was involved in the energy policy debate some years ago, warning that if we carried on relying on an aging nuclear fleet without replacing that capacity, there could be consequences in terms of security supply and pricing. And... uh, You know, we're certainly seeing that at the moment. If there are some moves on new nuclear, of course, it could be, you know, eight to 10 years before we see that change the market. But back to gas, you know, which is at the center of all this. Is there any good news on gas pricing as far as consumers are concerned? Uh, No sign of a breakthrough on Nord Stream 2, I assume, uh, at least until we have a bit more clarity about the new German government. Yes, I think the market probably on Friday was a little bit set back by the German regulator saying that it would make the ruling on whether Nord Stream 2 was going to happen or not. That may not be until January the 8th, which obviously was uh, you know, much further back than uh, the market was hoping for. And then, of course, Sunday's election in Germany, a very strong 15%, as we talked about before, showing by the Greens in terms of they will be key to any deals that are done. It's looking likely that there won't be a coalition formed anytime soon, and that probably some estimates are suggesting you know, maybe Christmas. So none of this bodes well for a quick resolution to sort of the... Well, the growing crisis, really. I mean, perhaps uh, the one thing that's going is perhaps that Merkel's hand may well be forced before then by the state of the market, even though she is effectively a caretaker to whatever comes next at this point. 
Well, it may even be that her successor actually prefers her to be nominally responsible for any decision on that. But the interesting thing, of course, looking at from the perspective of China, a lot of the demand for gas is in the Asian region. But there have been industrial cutbacks there, I gather, not perhaps in the, in the strict market sense that we might expect here, but directed by government and elsewhere to make sure that gas supplies are, are sufficient for the rest of the economy. So, you know, gas prices at these levels, we're going to see more demand destruction, aren't we, if they remain at this sort of a punishing uh, level, which uh, really can't be affordable for energy intensive industries. Yes, obviously, uh, the, the note we were talking about really regarding oil and China's industrial activity, more than 40% impairment to capacity being seen through the inability to be able to generate power. And that is as much coal and, and gas um, as it is oil, although they are looking at all routes in, uh, in China. And that's feeding into part of the oil price as well, is that there is actually at these levels of gas pricing, there is gas to oil switching. I mean, genuinely thought that the days of that happening were in my childhood, um, effectively. But, you know, here we are in 2021 and uh, there are estimates uh, putting another half a million barrels a day on oil consumption because uh, people are switching out of gas and into oil for generation. Very strange times indeed, Jeremy. If the price is right or wrong in this case, all sorts of things suddenly become possible, even if they aren't desirable. And I just wonder, you know, when things get really tough like this and there's a concern about the impact of high energy prices on the economy and on business in particular, you know, there's a temptation to say, well, government must do something. And maybe that's a good thing, but sometimes government intervention makes things worse. They can't change the wholesale price of gas or power. But there are costs that governments impose on consumers as well. Is there going to be pressure on governments, not just in the UK, but elsewhere in Europe, to intervene to try and reduce some of the impact on industrial users and other business consumers? It would seem to be politically quite difficult to start removing or, or suspending wholesale the, the policy costs that have been built over some time. Uh, there may be some abatement to that. There may be also some market excesses going on at uh, this time. But difficult to see, you know, suppliers and market participants are reducing daily in number purely and simply because of the margin requirements and the costs involved to actually trade some of these commodities. I suspect the market will have to take its course. I think the folly of uh, the domestic market being capped at... Uh, at uh, hugely lower prices than the cost to actually generate in the first place now will be exposed for what many commentators said it was many years ago when it was mooted uh, and then finally enacted by um, Theresa May's government. But um, I think the issue really for the commercial and industrial sector is I think actually Europe is going to have to come to terms with perhaps a very constrained winter where there will be huge demand destruction way beyond the very, very large industrial users that we've been used to. I think this puts question marks over all sorts of commercial operators and whether they can actually afford to operate in these conditions. Well, that's a slightly alarming point, but I think a pertinent one. I mean, at least the business sector isn't subject to price caps of the sort we have in, in domestic retailers uh, that are, of course, havoc and will necessarily result in many of the suppliers in that sector going bankrupt. But nonetheless, the pressure is on some business suppliers, isn't it? And I just wonder, is there any gleam of, of optimism around the corner on any of this? Or are we going to be into a very difficult situation, do you think? 
Well, I think the market is definitely pricing in that, you know, there will be availability issues. That's not to say that these prices can't get higher if actually there starts to actually become deliverability problems. But however, you know, I suspect if uh, enough large users across Europe actually take the decision, a difficult decision, not to operate this winter, and we have a mild winter, and there is enough gas and the light to stay on, then the market will, over a period of time, start to correct itself. But it does seem to me to be, um, I suppose, a perfect storm in, in, in many respects at this moment in time. And very difficult to see what, whilst uh, there is still demand for buying contracts, is uh, whether that's hedging supplier risk or actually end user risk, is going to take the current uh, drive out of the massive moves higher in the market. Well, I fear you're right. Difficult times set to remain for a while yet, I fear. Let's hope there's some good news on wind levels, on mild weather, and possibly on Russian gas flows uh, to take some of the heat out of the market. Well, thank you, Jason, for explaining all of that. It's never been more important to be on top of the detail here. And I hope you found that useful too. If you'd like to find out more, do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK, and look at our reports on there. And we hope you're able to join us again for a podcast soon.